The following bonus content is an interview with the writers of Binary Saga. This is a sit-down with Vanessa Shannon Anderson, Steve Petricelli, and Paul Anderson to discuss the format, Inception, and some information about Episodes 1, 2, and a few spoilers for Episode 3. The following content has heavy spoilers. If you have not listened to these episodes, it's highly advised that you skip this content until you have. Enjoy this inside look to Binary Saga, Behind the Saga. This is an episode of Behind the Saga, a behind-the-scenes look into Binary Saga, the audio drama podcast writing project that uh, we are involved in. So let's go around the room. I'm Vanessa Shannon Anderson, and I play Iria Newspark. Play and write for. Oh, play and write. <laughs> play and write for. I am Paul Anderson. I am the editor on season one of Binary Saga, and I play a variety of bit male parts. <laughs> accurate. 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 100% and, accurate. And I am Steve Petricelli, and I play and write for Gisto and Vela. So, oh, Vela. Yes. Oh, Vela. <laughs> uh, or should we have started the, uh, the whole podcast with, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, it's me. So where'd you come up with this idea? Since this is your brainchild. Well, my brain fart. <laughs> um, so the idea of this brain came... Brain shark. Yes. <laughs> You're not joking. Uh, the idea of this came from... Um, I was reading a, a science fiction novel, which uh, I won't say what it is because, one, it wasn't a good science fiction novel. Uh, and two, um, you, I guarantee you haven't heard of it. Uh, but in it, they, they talk about these two alien planets that are in like a, a coalition force. Mm -hmm. And they mentioned that these two planets were already like right next to each other. So they've been communicating long before space flight. And it was just a, such a throwaway line. And I was like, what did they talk about? <laughs> and this, this idea just like consumed me for such a long time. I was just like, I mean, they had to send messages back and forth before... Like, they, how did they start? And yeah. What was the first, hey, yeah. hey, hey. <laughs> and so uh, that's when I was like, I, I I could totally see this working for, like, not just a story, but, like, something like a podcast or, or something like that. So yeah. that's that's the initial inception of this into my brain. Then you had to enlist people. To I did. I had to enlist people. <laughs> well, and I had other people tell me, and it's like, oh, you know, you could just do this by yourself. And I was like, hmm. no, because... I think we said that to you. You're like, this is a great concept. Why aren't you just writing two different planets? So the the problem with that is, is that your writing True. style is different. Like, um, when you're writing for one person or one planet or whatever... Mm -hmm that style is going to be the completely different. Um, the other planet needs to be different or alien than the first. And I know that there's a lot of science fiction authors that, you know, write this sort of thing. But what I really wanted was the organic um, kind of surprise of the pen pal-like relationship. Mm -hmm. And so you would not know what is on that other side. It, it makes it a lot more organic. That's and true. and that that kind of leads into the 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 format of how we're doing this. Right. And probably one of the biggest questions I get from when I talk to people about this mm -hmm. is like I don't understand when you say that, you know, there's two different people writing two different things. Uh-huh. So We get that too. We get Yeah. Someone asked that too. Like, so, do you guys talk about, do you guys collaborate what your planet is doing, what yours is? I'm like, "No, I have no idea." What just right. I was going to do. No, and specifically, <laughs> like, refuse to continue conversations wherein we might get information about something else. Like, <laughs> I do not want to see what you had planned or what you, that sort of outline, I think it just spoils the whole, yeah, spoils so, the whole thing. And that leads into, we should probably mention a little bit about the, the format of the show. Of course. Like, we, we've got the basic idea down. Um, the format of this show is, Vanessa, you write, and, and Paul, write for... Haimovina, which is the, the primary planet of this system. Right. This is a binary system. Mm -hmm. has two stars in it. Each star has a number of planets that all, you know, that orbit. Their all, star. Yeah, their star. Um, and trust me when I say uh, Caleb, who helped me write uh, some of the initial stuff, uh, we went extremely meticulous when it came to the creation of this star system. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we had figured out like all of the math for orbital rotations and like distances between these planets. And it's crazy. I I can totally see that you and Caleb doing that. I'm glad that I have none of those skills. (laughs) I'm just going to go on the record right now and say that anybody who might be listening to this, None of us are astrophysicists, so (laughs) if you do want to check our math and it turns out to be wrong, please don't, please be kind. I'm on the, I'm on the Rick and Morty on this. There's a science word in front of a regular word. We're going to call it, it's fine. Um, I trust their, I trust their math, but like. uh, Well, and it is, a lot of it is science fiction and that, that it comes around to the, the frame story. Right. Which is, you know, earth has picked up these signals. And so these, these aren't just someone's car alarm is going off. I'm yeah. not editing. <laughs> He's just gonna leave it. <laughs> um, and the, the the frame story, which is an important part of this whole thing, right. because we're on Earth, obviously. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, unless this is a simulation. I know. Well, there's there's that. <laughs> um, Seems like. And so, Earth picks up these signals and right. has you know like what what the hell is this until they find this decryption key, and in this decryption key it says here's how you translate all of this data right. and you know, you can translate it into uh, mathematical language, which then can translate into English. Right. Well, we play with, we talk about this a lot. Like I know that you use a lot more, I guess, flavor text as you call it, yes. like more than we do. And I think in my, anytime that I'm trying to come up with a, a different word for, you know, lander or, cocktails or whatever sometimes i think i have to talk we we have this conversation when paul and i are writing going well if they're translating it like the perfect example like we talked about hypoxia like she's explaining what the concept is i think that an english or you know an earth translator is going to go oh that's hypoxia let's just put hypoxia in and then they don't have to re-explain it or they don't they're they're the one translating it so they're making it smaller so we don't have as many flavor words as maybe you do because we've talked ourselves out of doing a lot of. We that. also picked an insanely complicated like <laughs> base language to draw some of these words from, and it's impossible to pronounce most of them yeah. if you're not yeah. one of the three hundred and eighty thousand people who speak this language natively. I think. Right. I think one of the great things <laughs> is when writing this is as I'm writing stuff down and I'm like, you know, oh, this sounds great. This sounds mm-hmm. great. And then when it comes time to actually sit and record, and I'm right. like. Why on earth did I pick that? No, word? that's every time. Every time. Yeah. Every, every I mean, you remember time. what Sidus Onda sounded like originally? I, I can't even pronounce it because it's Icelandic and it's like the. Yeah, same. apologies <laughs> to apologies to anyone in Iceland who actually <laughs> listens to this series. We butchered your language. We know we did, and we are sorry. But I I couldn't pronounce it, and I I was recording with you guys, and we just like look, we're going to change this word to make it something that I can say out loud and make it easier for the listeners to say, oh, that's what that is, but. I have to say most of <laughs> most of my flavor words are um, like I take a word that I, I mean it to be right and I'll find like an analog for it. No, but I like what you did with like the rotats and the an- annuals. Like we know that's a month, we know that's a year and that's that works. Oh, it took so long to figure <laughs> out uh, hours, minutes and seconds. Yeah, we were going to do that. No, we just started going with they're just going to be on the meter system. <laughs> like this yeah. just make it easier. Yeah, we yeah. You make it easier for writing too. So yeah, we're well, doing I, this. I feel like we, we're, we're doing this on, out. No, but, it's easy mode, but yeah. like it's much more. I don't know. We could well, spend hours and hours like trying to remember how we set up, and this is how we write, and this we can talk about how differences in process and things like that. But like that type of thing would drive us nuts, and it would get in the way of being able to build out the episodes if yeah, we were sitting there agreed. focused on no, I, a I specific get concept. Mad at authors that forget their own continuity, and I don't want to be that. So I don't want to. I'm sure that I've we've messed up in the how many episodes we've done now, but I don't want to be that author where you or the listener that goes back and goes, actually, you did it this way. Yeah. So it's much easier to make it a little bit easier level um, to get the story out to you know everyone kind of come into our planets. Yeah. So to to go back to the uh, the frame story thing, um, and that's that's the the whole point of the frame story is to kind of give us a little bit of leeway mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to languages or translations or anything like that, because this is, it's coming to earth in some weird alien, whatever format. And then the, the scientists have literally taken uh, five years <laughs> to, to translate this. And that's why it says, you know, in, in 2016. Right. Um, 
And that's, it allows the translators to that leeway to say, okay, you know what, this, this is hypoxia or this is a year. And, you know, you've got two different translators that are working on two different things. And my translator just is like, oh, you know what, this actually sounds really cool. I'm going to leave the word. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to leave that word in. It works. It it literally translates to this, but it sounds a little bit more like that. And you guys leave in a lot of other words like uh, segbat and... um, which is sailboat if you don't <laughs> well there was we some- leave in stuff that's easy to pronounce no, <laughs> no lie like they're yeah so well there was there was some stuff especially early on where i had a uh, a running list of words that i was just like i don't know what this means um it's great i'm gonna i'm actually bringing it up because it's it most of it was written during well, episode when, one and episode we, when two. When we were doing well, episode one and episode two, we had um, two people listen to our side and um, give us kind of notes on like what I should say, like how I should say. And one of the best notes we got, it was probably the same note you got, was some of the words are you using, you got to use them like you use them every day. Like don't mess up segbet or bogey or whatever you got to say it like it's mm-hmm. just comes natural which was like the citizanda like i just kept remember singing in the car in traffic going the citizanda citizanda <laughs> so i could say it correctly yeah so citizanda was one uh hagby was another one mm-hmm. uh a bogey which i found hilarious <laughs> was uh because that was early on when you said and they wouldn't even let us use a bogey and i'm <laughs> listening to it and i was like did she say booger? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, are we going to flick boogers at this thing? I think it was called something else, and I couldn't say it. And I had actually... I kept well, stumbling. Hagbi is actually Hagabisu, which is Hagabisu. a shotgun. Right. Oh, right. That was the original word. That was the original, and we couldn't use it. Yeah. Again, apologies for <laughs> any Nordic language people. <laughs> um, and I actually had written down uh, mana on this list now. And, of course, now I use it all the time in right. writing. Because I'm just like, oh, I've gotten used to the translation. And we um, struggled with that too. Like, what would they call their species? Their species is this, is their, like when we say Yothian, Yothian is like, they're American. It's like, she's on the continent of Yoth. Right. And so she, uh, she'll oh, that, interchange that all the time. That just like we do it too. So many times because mm-hmm. uh, the don't they, they identify the different continents um, right. or land masses. Uh, as you know, Senoth and Sonoth, which is by the way, north and south, which I pre- mispronounce every single time. <laughs> it's fine. It's uh, you have a different translator. Well, well, <laughs> that's true. Like I don't, I can't say like I know it's Vela in my head, but when I'm reading it, I automatically say Vela. Like it's just Vela. <laughs> I know it's Vela. And you have you have to say Vela. And I have to say Vela now. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, for there's no real there's cities on Vela, but there's not like nationalities i should say um right. like you, they, they most of the people move around especially between cnr which they don't nobody if you haven't listened to past episode three you don't know cnr yet <laughs> um but most of those they they move around a lot except for chonar right because they're kind of like doing their own thing right um and so no one really identifies as oh i'm this type of person from this continent. I'm just a Velen. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and they are a very kind of free flowing society. So, well, ours is one society, um, yeah. one culture. Um, one love. Yeah, I just said they are. <laughs> uh, they just happen to be on this one continent. That doesn't mean that other continents don't exist. They just, she lives on the continent of Yoth, Yodath. Yodath. Yodath? Yes. Yodath. So. Uh, and that's that's spelled with a J. J. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> J O D T H. So, but yeah, I mean, and we, we talked about that too when we were like, how many? And after we, when you guys finally spoiler figure out what the Citizanda is, it'll explain more and more. I can't know. I can't know. Um, so, but yeah, that, that's that one of the great things about um, the style of the, how we're doing the writing is that surprise factor right? of learning that because you don't know anything about Vela. Right. Well, you know a lot about Vela now. I, but we didn't on episode one and two. Yeah. And yeah, when we started, it's it's like I am just learning about this planet. Right. And you should probably mention, especially because of in episode one, um, the youth program. 
right. is a big thing. Right. Um, because obviously you don't want to start off uh, by handing a transmitter to a child and say, hey, here's this new brand new planet. You be our ambassador. <laughs> right. Um, so we should probably mention that, and I think we do bring it up a little bit in the episodes, uh, the scientists have been talking. Right. Yeah. Are we, are we in our in our head? It's yeah. Stop playing with your springs. <laughs> Sorry, I can hear that. <laughs> I know. I was I was wondering how much noise I was going to make. <laughs> the answer is a lot. <laughs> I will stop now. I fidget. I'm sorry. Uh, so the scientists have actually been talking a lot, um, and it wasn't until they decided to bring in this you know youth program that that's where we pick up. And so, and I thought that having it be a youth or a child or, you know, something kind of gives it fresh eyes. Well, it also, I mean, I liked your concept of everyone starting younger because it's a much easier way to explain a planet from a kid's point of view than like an adult. Cause they're going to go right into, all right, so this is what we do. This is what we like. And, and it's going to be very, I don't know, clinical, I guess, or well, I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> maybe. I mean, it would either be a lecture, right? So right. with the kids, you have a disadvantage of, you know, kids don't necessarily speak with context. They're just going to talk about the thing that they're doing. Exactly. So the listener doesn't get any of the additional context that they might get from an adult. Um, but you do get, you do start to slowly build that, you know, that picture. And we started listening. We got the same thing that the listener gets, right? Mm -hmm. So we got, that's all the information that we have about um, Vela and vice versa. And so you have to sort of start from that slow point, right? Which I, I think worked. I think it would have been forced if we had, hello, Velen compatriot. I am, <laughs> you know, Mana 7 here to tell you about how our planet works. The, yeah. the robot mo motions that you're doing really yes. play well. It like, just, just looks just like them too. <laughs> Wait, um, they can't see me? I thought they I could know. see me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably a good thing. We'll save that for Twitch chat. Uh, well, um, but yeah, and and that leads into having them be be children, is to the time frame. Well, I kind of felt bad because your first episode, like your first, I guess your first transmission in the first episode, it sounds like that he has like his dad brought it home and he's starting it, mm -hmm. and then when it got sent to High Mavina because of how their society is run, they got oh we got a kid with him. Oh well, in order to do, we can't just pick a random like scientist kid. We have to make sure that it's, you know, we need to go to the best school and we're going to like make this like a scholarship thing and make it a big deal. They're such braggers. I, they are. I'm telling you. <laughs> don't want to live on hot Mofina. <laughs> They're so arrogant. They have a very high opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we were thinking like, do we want to make it like a scientist kid too? And we're like, no, that's like, I like that he's doing that. So we're going to make her not. It's going to be... You know, she applied for this and it was like, she's, this is so cool. And she finally gets it, you know, and, um, and I then it, then it, I think in some way that does, it changed your story because it was like, oh, uh, <laughs> oh, and that's, and, and that is toward, towards the end of episode one, right. especially with the, the whole, what do you mean this is public? Right. Because I, it, as a writing for Gisto, Gisto didn't know that. Right. Like, and all of a sudden, he's like, wait, wait I'm confessing my love <laughs> of Isnid to all of these people. <laughs> these millions and yeah, millions, millions of people. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, what, what's going on? Uh, and so that was a huge shock when I got that transmission. And I was just like, oh, my God. Well, I love that your reaction was Steve's reaction, too. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, damn it. Absolutely. It's like, way to go, Vanessa. Thanks for doing that. I was like, oh, wait, this, we thought about that too. And we had that whole discussion of like, all right, so how are we going to answer it? And then we said that, like, we we know what these people are like, and this is their response. Their response is going to be over the top. <laughs> so so we just kept going with that. But I mean, I even creating. So anyway, that's my next question before we get to that part. Why did you pick Gisto? And where did you where did you come up with his oh. concept? I don't know. Episode two, does everyone know what I look like? No, not yet, I guess. No, so, no one, Yeah, so nobody knows. <laughs> no, that's my bad. That is 100% my bad. So uh, stop messing with your springs. Damn, it wasn't a spring. I'm messing with the little, like, 
the turny thing on the bottom. Do I need to get you a fidget spinner? Because oh, you would hear that too. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, so, uh, just so, all right. So, the, the Velens as a whole are there. It's a water world. Okay. Um, and I think that came back from uh, Caleb asking me about what are the different types of worlds in a habitable right. you know, ring around a star. That would the be the Goldilocks zone. The Goldilocks zone. <laughs> you are an astrophysicist. I read a magazine article. <laughs> it was on the internet, so it must be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe everything on the internet. <laughs> I, I went through a bunch of different, you know, types of planets and stuff, and he had said something about Waterworld, and I was like, you know what, they, that could work. It's underrated a, movie, by the way. I'm just going to go on and say that. I thought you really liked it. I do. It's an underrated movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is an underrated movie. <laughs> Kevin Costner does not get the props for that. Really <laughs> Kevin Costner, if you're listening, please write us. <laughs> um, but uh, so, and I started to think of as like. Looking, thinking of evolution on our planets, which by right. the way, I'm, I need to move my phone because I think it's feedbacking on the uh, oh, okay. thing. <laughs> I just heard a buzzing in my ear and I was like, that's oh. probably my phone. Oh. Um, so if you hear any buzzing, I'm sorry, that was my phone. Um, and so I started thinking about evolution mm-hmm. on Earth and, you know, obviously the, the things that we know about. Right. Uh, and I was like, okay, so what, how would things evolve on a water world? And I was like, well, they've got to be some sort of an aquatic type thing. Right. Um, and so, but they're on land now because obviously they're using tools and, and going like radio telescopes yeah, you know, and everything else. Yes. You know, things that basis <laughs> of the show. <laughs> and so I was trying to figure that out and I was just like, oh, okay. And so I started kind of like evolving them from that. And I literally, and this was when I was waiting for Caleb to do some writing. I wrote uh, 1500 <clears throat> years of history for my planet. Wow. Cause I was bored one day and it was, it, I'm not talking like novels of, <laughs> of information, but I do have like, just all of these key events that happened over like 1500 years from that star falling onto a lar. Okay. And how they basically grew from that. We don't have that. No. And see, (laughs) this is the fun part about this. And and I'm going to, I'm going to get into that after we we talk about uh, the, the mana, the Heimavenans, the, the Jothians, you guys have too many names for people. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so I we've got fish people, right? You have ice lords. Not really. Ice, ice. Well, the the planet idea was already what Caleb created. Like we didn't right. really want. We should also with- say this Caleb that we're referring to is Caleb Graham, who is a friend of all of ours and an early collaborator and sometimes and is a collaborator, a so collaborator of ours so we didn't want to take away like he came up with his planet a and all their stuff and i didn't want to like it was already done and in some way it was kind of an ode to him like hey we're going to take what you have created and create the world now like we're going to create this universe for i don't know if it's what he wanted but <laughs> it's, but it's, it's definitely not not it's definitely <laughs> not what he was expecting uh or totally expecting from us um but so he gave us an ice planet, basically. Uh, right. You know what I mean? Like this, it's mostly, it's cold. It looks like it's... It's about 60% covered with ice. There's yeah. a band around the equator that's reasonably habitable, but like habitable in the, if you've spent any time... In Scandinavia. In Scandinavia yeah. in the early spring or fall. Like it's not warm. You know, right. there's, it's geothermally active. It's cold. It's fjords and snow and most of it is ice just say very fjord, fjords fjords, fjord. fjords. <laughs> and it's volatile slarty bart i mean it's 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 volatile so we had to create a people that would live it luckily we've been to many of those places that we started thinking okay actually we're gonna do this which didn't hurt yeah. so um but the people though don't look like those people are we about them um so we we can talk a little bit about how uh the people look um like because we described the the velens early on in true i I don't know if it was episode one or i think episode episode one or something you you do talk about the velens or she asked what you look like like, what do you guys look like because that's the first thing in my head some kids gonna be like oh my god an alien what do you look like what do you eat what do you what do you drink and then of course there's always some kid that's like okay ask them this and you're like 
who are you? <laughs> and so that's why I was like, he wants to know if you play football, though. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, <laughs> that makes so much more sense now. Right. Like, because she's in a class and they're reading this. Like, okay, what would you ask the alien, everyone? And kids are going to be like this and this and this. And that's how we came up with that idea. The first thing you're going to ask is, what do you look like? And so, and I didn't want to give unless <coughs> Gisto asked her, she wasn't going to like reveal it. And it was probably good because at the t- if we described what they looked like then, he would have stopped talking to us. <laughs> yeah, like, somebody would have been like, you say they look like what now? <laughs> and they do what now? <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and close this whole program yeah, we're down. Gonna try and shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. So we're just like, so in some ways, I think it was good that he was like, okay, I'm not really talking to him, some scary albino yeah. drow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wraith-like people like i'm like I, in some ways and we came up with the concept of that is what i've said when someone asked me when we describe them is i wanted to normalize scary you know what i mean like what is what is something that you're scared of would it be weird if that you ever walked into their society you know like they're gonna have kids and they're gonna have families and they're gonna be just like you why not? Just scary. Just scarier looking. Um, Except they're albinos and their eyes are red. And <laughs> they have honestly, white hair. Um, n- knowing what they look like right. now. Because, of course, it, again, it was totally my bad. It was totally my huh? bad. And claws. And claws, yeah. And, claws. and two uh, opposable thumbs. <laughs> that one, it weirds me out. I know. The weird, yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, when you had asked what Gisto looked like... Uh, I should have taken it as a cue and I totally got just blindsided by, I, I didn't even know what I was thinking, but I was just like, Oh, you know, here's what I look like. And then uh, I started asking other questions, but I never got to the, <laughs> what do you look like? And it wasn't until like someone, one of the the few test people mm-hmm. um, that I had on my side, they had, they, they had mentioned, so what does area look like? And I was like, damn, I didn't ask. And so, and we had already done all the episodes and everything. And I was like, I can't go back and rewrite this. It just wouldn't work. <laughs> retconning. Like we can't really retcon a lot of these because the reaction is part of it. Right. And so. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It is hard to retcon this. Like you're like, oop, I forgot that. Well, guess yeah. we're not going to put that in. <laughs> so, yep. yeah. So, um, and it wasn't until episode uh four four yeah yeah four episode four uh if you haven't listened to episode four yet that's where you get the description of of the hymavine and the mana yeah what the mana look like mana what the mana mana what the mana (laughs) yes that's what they look like they're i mean we took a combination of several like dark elves drow uh, Stargate from the Wraith. Like, we, we kind of took a lot of those things that would match. And we, they also live on an ice planet, so they're not going to be dark skinned. They're not going to have, they're going to have white hair. They're going to have white. They're going to be very, you know, so they can blend in. They're going to be, she's five feet tall at 14. So she's not, she's not five feet tall anymore. She, they're much taller people now. So, and yeah, Justo was five feet tall at 14, and he's still about five feet right. tall. So they're, <laughs> Iria's not that much. She's not much taller. She's not like eight feet tall. Hold on. Uh, Just those five fallows tall. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Right. So she's, I mean, at the time, she's not like, she's not eight feet tall, but she's not a small person. She says she was very tall for her age. And so we wanted to like, our, and anyways, that was my, that was our concept is that we wanted to normalize scary, I guess, a little bit. (laughs) So. Yep. Um. But yeah, and see, the great thing about saying something like he's five fallows tall is uh, I don't have to define that. That's true. He could be, that could translate to, you know, four feet tall. It was something, yeah. He he could be a whole race of people who are only two feet tall. No, but I said that to Caleb and I said, what I did like (laughs) about. (laughs) (laughs) It could just be like straight up Gullivers. And if these two races ever meet and it's just like, you've got these giant elf like, you know, uh, people and then just a bunch of midget fish. Well, no, Caleb said something that I thought was actually good. He's like, Somebody's translating this into English. So she might have wrote like fallows or feet. They're just assuming they mean feet. Like they don't know if they're seven feet tall or we're only two feet tall too. You know what I mean? Like in our concept or how many meters we are. So it's all relative. I mean, yeah, whatever. It's open to interpretation. Exactly. So um, 
What was the thing that I was going to bring up? Don't make me rewind. <laughs> Context. Oh, no, time frame. The time frame. Why would you think I would remember that? <laughs> I didn't even remember it. No, so the time frame of this, and then us starting with children. Right. Because the distance that these two planets are apart. Right. Um, which, of course, is the one of the other questions that I get a lot of, is um, the planets are roughly pretty close to one light year apart. I think we'd said 0. 0.6 to 0. 0.8 light years apart from each other. I like how he says that. Like, we're supposed to know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that, like, Alpha Centauri is, what, four 4. light 4.2 light years away. And that's the closest. Don't so. ask me how So I part know. of the reason that Steve was able to convince us to sign on to this project <laughs> was that he promised that we wouldn't have to do crap like that. <laughs> so we were told, here's your planet. Here's how these things work. It's never going to matter. Don't worry. Just not. keep going with it, and I'll keep track of the timeline. So... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 0.6 to 0.8 whatever sounds great to me. So why that is important is um, the, the, it's the amount of time that it takes a, a light or a radio signal to travel across that distance. And I fell asleep. <laughs> and so. Yes. yes no. And we, no. Yes. Go ahead. And we, that's why these messages take um, a year or a rotat or whatever, whatever. to get from Vela to Haimavina and then another year to get from Haimavina back. And so you've got a two-year gap right. between me- A lot uh, happens messages. in two years. A, a lot happens. Especially when years. they're kids. I mean, I mean, just think. I mean, if you're 14 and you're 16, that's... that's yeah, that's a hundred thousand years to a 16 year old. And you're not gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna get any um, like context because right. like... For and and I, I also think that we should have said how old they were at the end of each, and we said area, age, this. So that way the listeners would have known what age they are because that way they're not keeping track of, oh, wait, what year should she say this was? And I do feel like if we could retcon, I would retcon that. And I think uh-huh. you said that we should have done that from the beginning, and I'm agreeing with you yes. now. <laughs> but, but fun fact, I solved that problem. Okay. The show notes of the each oh, episode okay. has the ages of uh, the characters um, for each transmission true so i'm just saying because it's you, audio if you are ever concerned about the a what what age the character that you're listening to mm-hmm. is check the show notes it'll say in there and that way we don't have to go back and retcon it true and i think occasionally he does mention just mentions how old he is i think so at least as far as episode well, she talks about like they'll say oh this is our like where we're at now yeah. you know what anniversary they're at or something happened and she she'll refer to like how long they live and so um, Mana lived for centuries. So, or not centuries, but a couple. So, a while. A while. So, villains do not. Right. <laughs> so, there will um, be and that, things that, like, like what we talked about the mirror imaging, like things that we think as, like, you know, your kids, then if you get married, you're, you're, the age group would, it's going to shift if you live longer and certain things aren't going to be as important. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Things that evolve in cold climates tend to, in cold temperatures, tend to be, or can be longer lasting. Yeah, so. right. And fish That's don't true. fish don't live that long. Fish, no. That's fish. Um, but the ha- having it be start starting with children leads into the next thing with this time frame. It's like mm-hmm. between each of these messages is you know two years. Right. So, in you know ten episodes, you're gonna start seeing some really old people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. And so if we wanted this project to go on and be generational, right. like you start young, build mm-hmm. it up, and then transition to the next one after that. Like most of the people, when they see the scope that I've talked to about this, mm-hmm. they're like, is this going to be like multiple people? And I was like, hmm, potentially, <laughs> maybe. Seems likely. <laughs> So, and that, I want to take that and lead into uh, the writing styles. Okay. Um, because you guys have a very different writing style than than I do. And I know that that probably comes out a lot in how things are written or how things are read. Um, Go for it. So, for me or you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, my writing style is very improv. Um, right. 
I, I do, my background is a lot of improv and, mm -hmm. you know, theatrical arts and stuff like that. And so a lot of times it's, it's a matter of putting myself into that mind space mm -hmm. of, okay, I'm, now I'm just out. Uh, and now I'm, now I'm going to talk a lot more like this. <laughs> no. Um, but as area has the same voice as me. So it's just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but, uh, and so I'll, see uh, the transmission and I kind of have an idea. So I, I have plotted out like events right. for the planet. So right. up, up until episode 10, mm -hmm. uh, I, I have plotted out all of the different events that are going to happen. And I, mm -hmm. I've had this kind of like mm -hmm. outlined, but these are just events. For the most part, I have to respond. Like, you know where it's going to go right. when like, you know, it's going to like, no matter how, eerie response to Gisto, this is still going to happen. Right. So this is this is a life event that is going to happen on my planet right. at this time. Right. Um, and so it's a matter of how I relate that back to Iria mm -hmm. um, based on the stuff, the information that she's giving me. Right. Um, and so I'll, I'll typically I'll get the, uh, the transmission in and I just create like this bullet list and like two or three of the bullets will be those events that are going to happen during that time frame, And then every other bullet is, you know, uh, I'm going to respond to, uh, you read my thing, my thing out loud mm -hmm. in the class. Uh, I'm embarrassed about this. <laughs> and then, uh, what football is, I don't understand. And so the little bullets like that. And then as I'm working down those bullets and expanding out and building the paragraph mm -hmm. or, or a couple lines that go with each one of those, I'm putting myself in that gisto mind space and just kind of like, oh, okay, here's here's what I'm writing. And pretty soon I've got like three pages worth of dialogue. Right. So, um, and I get the feeling that that is a little bit different than how you guys do some of the writing. Well, we had initially, when we sat down to figure out how we were going to do this, we were doing it a little bit like that. But then we started realizing that um, we got into trouble really quickly because, um, and you remember like when we called and we were like, how many how many seasons is this podcast going <laughs> right. to be like? You know, and you initially said well, this. It's kind of open. I thought it was maybe be kind of open ended, and you know, like, and we were like, uh, uh, can't plan for open ended. Can we please just do like right. five seasons or six? Some something like give us something to backstop it, right? So the problem that we what had, makes it easier. I'm sorry. Yes. No, no. I was going to say the problem that we had is that there are the differences, the base differences in the planets that we started with, right? So your planet. Are we talking about how our planets evolved and where everything's coming up from, or are we not doing that? I mean, we can. So your planet is evolving and discovering this technology as um, as it's sort of organically discovering this stuff, right? Right. With a particular catalyzing event as sort of the initial jump-off point for some of that stuff. Right. Our society, and this becomes evident, I think, probably even in episodes one and two, our society has already reached its zenith and has fallen and is coming back. And so we have things that, or theoretically have things that you guys might not, like that villains might not have. There's things laying around. There's a fallen civilization that our people are re-evolving into. It's like um, walking down the street in 1950 and they're like picking up an iPhone that just like. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we sort of, chose like 1950s, 1960s tech as a rough starting spot and went forward from there. But we very quickly realized that the possibility for us to start making large advances on found technology mm -hmm. was going to was gonna radically shift how our, our structure was going to happen. Right. And we're both project managers and analysts by trade and training. <laughs> and so we basically had to sit down and say, okay, we're going to do X number of mm -hmm. seasons. Each one of those seasons is going to have X number of episodes. Block out, okay, this is going to happen in season one. This is going to happen in season two, three, four. It's picking up on the mic. Ah, oh. I'm hitting the table. <laughs> so anyway, like we, we blocked this out. And so we have a we have a fairly good idea of where the entire arc is going. Now, being that each season... Each episode, we know where it's going to go versus where which each season is going to go. So mm -hmm. we know we have to hit, like kind of like what you said, Tabby, these life events are going to happen. So we know that this is going to happen to Iria on episode seven. And we know this is going to happen. And we know what our season or or book finale or season finale is going to happen at the end of season one or okay. episode whatever we decided on. 
right. yeah. whatever it is, episode 10 or whatever it is. And then we know where the next, you know, where we're going to go after that. And for us, it just, it, it was, it's not that it's not improv. It just makes it easier to know where it's going. So we don't get off mm-hmm. track. So if just, even no matter if something had like just so, you know, you know, falls in love and she's very excited for him, stuff that's happening on, like she can be his friend and be like there for him or something, if something tragic happened or something really great happened, it's okay. But Heimovina is still turning, the world still turns and right. stuff still happens. Because but it was easier for us to- To block it to out. To block it out. Because of the distance of right. these two planets, um, there is very little that can affect, like I, obviously it, if Vela decides to, to send a missile at, <laughs> at Heimovina, it's literally going to take 2,000 years before it gets there. Right. Um, and so it's, well, and that was a hard thing for us to initially can like conceptualize, right. you know, and Steve, you would say, well, you know, I got this thing and I'm curious to see what the reaction is. And my first response is going to be, you better not be nuking us. Like, <laughs> can you, you know, you can't, you can't do, you can't touch me. Like you can't do anything I to literally me. Can't Physically can't, can't do anything right. to me. So um, our storylines evolve independent in large measure based on the events that are happening on our home, our respective home worlds, what does change is the social and like emotional interactions between the characters and how those things ping pong off of each other. And sometimes it has outsized. Yeah. And sometimes it has outsized responses. (laughs) They're they're the closest thing that I have seen, um, to a I'm going to affect your planet mm-hmm. um, doesn't happen until episode three. Episode three, yeah. Um, which I, we're not going to even talk about episode three right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to save that for a future episode of this. Um, but uh, it but is, that's a function of the story, st- of the writing style that we're using, right? Like correct. One of us got surprised and responded organically and, and, and surprised the other, like... No, so. but there was and also... But the reason why... Okay, so... We could start small with the episode... Um, I think it was in one or one or two with the... You showed my stuff to everybody. Yeah. Okay. Which, because exactly. that that affects a child's world. Right. That, um, that Yeah, because his world is, 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 is as big small. as here. Like, him, his dad, you know... And so... And his school. And that's the sort of thing. It's like it... Words can have an impact. Right. Um, even though you're, you know umpteen million miles away no i didn't figure out exactly how many miles <laughs> um paul quick how many miles on a light year uh <laughs> well light travels at one hundred eighty-six thousand miles a second right so i don't know a lot <laughs> a lot um so but words can actually have an effect yes and so in this child's world at that time um his new potential friend right. says, oh, by the way, I'm sharing everything that you tell me with my whole class. But she didn't, though. I know. <laughs> In his world. Right. Um, and that's how he felt. And so it, it was kind of a, a shatter effect. It was a, oh, m- maybe I need to be more careful about the things that I say because all of these people are seeing it. Right. Um, and that kind of effect kind of echoes through to even even to where we are writing now, right? Um, because those worlds have gone from a child's world to a larger effect, mm-hmm. and so yes, I can't throw a ballistic missile at you. I mean, you could. It just wouldn't matter. In the <laughs> it wouldn't matter scope of this, right? Yes, of this, the, if this the, project, it won't matter <laughs> no, because this project will be done. Before. <laughs> um, but I can throw words at you, and they they can change your planet. And we do see that eventually yes. where it does kind of have that effect. And that's why I, I kind of like this idea of us bouncing things back and forth the, in the, the messages because you do get that element of surprise. Well, also something that I think is you have an outline of where maybe not what's happening in Gisto's life, well, you know, an outline of what, where you want Gisto to go or you think his life goes and where Vela is going like we have one where Eria is going to go like and we know where Haimavina is at like technologically right like politically environmentally etc cetera, etc cetera. what I thought was funny and maybe not funny ha but kind of funny is that 
we thought, I think it's like episode three, whatever happens in episode three. Well, episode three is live, so I don't know. We can we can say it. Okay, so Isnid's Isnid's death. Isnid's death. Like, well, the fact that she blew up the the stage station and was like your ode to Carl Sagan and stuff like that was hilarious to us because we had something very similar planned, and it was just like we were like, well, you know, wrapped up the throw away that outline because. We literally thought of the same thing, and we can't have two different things. We both planets can't have, you know, some a bunch of people die on a platform, and then there's a terrorist, a, attack. A terrorist attack. Like it, it was like, I don't even if an audience member would be like seriously. So we were like, okay, yeah. we gotta th- we have to throw that whole concept out and change it up. But because right, the next episode would have like Nazis or something, right? right? So like, like, it's, like just, yeah. <laughs> it's just gonna be tropey, right? At that yeah, point, and then so. we want to be tropey, fish, so we were not Nazis, right? Nazis. And so we were saying, and then we we're like, and we also still have to, which. The, we still have to tell each other, like, okay, something as big is going to happen in episode X. Please don't have any huge life things out so that way we can preserve that so we're not doing the same thing. Because, you know, we all, we've all read science fiction books. we all already creating these worlds. And a lot of things are going to be happen the same thing. Like, they're both creating their... I'm just looking at the time. Okay. I'm sure you can edit a lot, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been yammering on. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway... So uh, we that's become, another piece we'll of this too, though, the is same like, thing. is, so. you know, we're each in, we're individually coming up with these ideas that we think are genius and we're expecting to have some, you know, some impact or other. And then, you know, you, you look at what we do and you're like, well, okay, I mean, that's interesting, but you know, this is how <laughs> it falls into our thing. Or you do something and we look at it and go, mm, I mean, okay, that's the, cool, but we're not, you know, like that's, so it's a. That piece of it has been interesting too, sort of learning each other's rhythms, rhythms right. and call and response, and getting used to having large things happening simultaneously. More so, like avoiding having the same thing, like copycatting each other, or like unintentionally, unintentionally creating yeah. like two separate space accidents where both of our space programs implode at the same time. Right. Vice. Big stuff happening because it's going to happen on both planets no matter what. So, uh, fun fact: um, everything leading up to at least as far as uh, life events and stuff like that, up through I think episode six or seven, mm-hmm. was actually written before I wrote a single transmission. So, like all of those events that happened, mm-hmm. like th- those were planned like way in advance. And I think it's kind of funny that, especially with episode three. Mm-hmm. Um, going into four, right. we swapped the order, right? Which means that at the start of an episode, you got the chance to like trump. Uh, that's a bad word. <laughs> but you got the opp- opportunity to uh, get ahead of the game right. by starting off the episode with, you know, here's my thing. And I think that's kind of what happened with episode three is that because mine came in before yours, right? Um, it's like I got to it first. Ha ha. Uh, even though I didn't even know that that was going to happen right. on your planet. Right. There is an unintentional dynamic, right, of, like, being first player. You, you yeah. Right, get yes. To, yeah, You know, exactly. you get some – there are some advantages. And when things start happening that can cause effects, the, whichever side leads yeah. has the advantage. So – yeah, but flipping the, you know, we we sort of got out of that by flipping the... The script a little. Flipping the... Yeah, flipping the order. Flipping the order. But there, I mean, as I got older, not so much the events on their planets, but as I got older, as their Iria lives... Older. As Iria You were not Iria. <laughs> I am not just though. No, as the characters got older, I guess, um, their life events were totally different, though. Like, the things that right. happened to them, they might have, you know whatever some things have happened very similar or around the same time eh, fine but it wasn't the the planets were going through the same thing i think our right. we have made our planets so different now well it's it's, that- it's a matter of as far as like life events goes there's there's things that can be affected and things that can't be affected right and that's you know major shifts on the planet um, so like planetary type events and that's government falls into that. It's like, right. this, this is a government event that's, it's going to happen regardless of what Justo says. Right. Um, and then there's like the personal events, like getting a new job or meeting a new person right. or anything like that, which 
can shift a little bit mm-hmm. depending on what comes in through the transmission because it does get flavored. And then there's all the reactionary stuff mm-hmm. in the transmission of, you know, re- you send that you got a new job and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's awesome. Then you got a new job. And right. I think just to whatever reply with, oh, that's job you shouldn't shouldn't say (laughs) i'm gonna bleep that i've been trying to stay family friendly that's the first one we've had i know i know i'm i'm bad um we should probably wrap this up because this is getting on 50 minutes so um but you want to take us out since i brought us in to play us out to play us out what does that mean play us out there's no words there to play us out what does that mean well um I kind of wanted to evolve on what you were saying. I thought it was very good. Um, anyway. We leave it on a cliffhanger. <laughs> there it is. Well, you guys listened to, this is after. Behind the Saga. Behind the Saga. So you've been listening to Behind the Saga. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, next time we're doing this with more alcohol. Pro- we'll probably actually. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had any alcohol. That, so next time we're, there should be more alcohol. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure. All right. So yeah. Um, Okay. Just give me a second. <laughs> you can you can fix it. Thank you for indulging us. Yes. Thank you for okay. indulging right. us. Hopefully, hopefully this is enlightening as far as the background behind this whole project. And if you have questions, are we capable of receiving and answering questions? We actually are. There is a contact us section on the website. You click it and there's little fields that you can fill out and it will send an email to an email box that I check about once a week. All right. All right. So if you have questions, please... Feel free to reach out and let us know, and we'll answer them to the best of our ability without spoiling the show. If you're an astrophysicist or Icelandic, and you hate what we've done to either <laughs> astrophysics or, or Icelandic, or a fish, or a fish, um, you can you know you can let fly, and we'll we'll apologize again for yes. We're also on Twitter at uh, at thebinarysaga.com or not not dot com, just at the binary saga. Dot com. Dot com. Uh, so I think that's it. Play the outro music. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right. You've been listening to bonus content for Binary Saga, Behind the Saga, an inside look into the making of Binary Saga. If you enjoyed this content, please visit our website at binarysaga.com 